The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. If you have your Bible this morning, and I hope you do, if you would join me here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, as we prepare this morning for the Lord's Supper, I do believe this morning will be one of the most important times that I've had with you thus far. And so just please stay atten- pay attention, stay awake, or I have a football. <laughs> All right? So if you catch this hitting you anywhere right through here, just know you're dozing off, all right? Then you can throw it back. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't throw it. I might actually. We'll just keep that up here. But I do need you to pay close attention as I believe this is one of the most practiced but neglected aspects of worship. Um, I'm often asked, preacher, when are we going to do the Lord's Supper? When are we going to do the Lord's Supper? Bylaws say that we do it every quarter. I don't think the Lord intended for us to schedule something with such consistency and complacency that we just grow to expect it rather than live to need it. So early on as your pastor, um, I have prayed and studied about the Lord's Supper and God's intention for it the time that I have been a pastor, and I think it should... I'm not Church of Christ. Um, I, I need you to know this morning, I don't believe in transubstantiation as some religions do. And what that means is that some believe the bread actually transforms into the body and the juice, or in some cases the wine, actually physically transforms into the blood, thus meriting favor or earning one's salvation through the participation of it. Scripture clearly teaches that this is done in remembrance of the sacrifice. So it has no, um, scripturally, no salvific effect. Um, but I just wonder, as serious, and you'll see this momentarily, as seriously as the Lord takes us partaking of the Lord's Supper, is it something that shouldn't be more a part of our worship and our relationship with Him than something we plan four times a year? So I'm going to ask you to keep your heart, and you're like, well, what does that mean? Well, let's let the Lord decide that. Let's let the Lord determine His ordinance. And historically, Southern Baptist churches have practiced closed communion. Well, let me also say what we're doing is not communion. Communion conveys transubstantiation. What we're doing is the Lord's Supper. Okay, So that calling it communion is not actually theologically accurate. Uh, this is the Lord's Supper. Um, so we're not, you know, communing, these things aren't changing, so we're not earning salvation. We're remembering and appreciating our salvation. So we're going to look at what the Lord's intention for it and, and how he intended for us to approach it. First Corinthians chapter 11, if you're there in verse 23, say amen. amen. If you would stand out of recognition for his infallible inerrant word serving 
as the final authority in all matters of faith and practice. So to the church in Corinth, he says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. You know these things, church. You know the Lord's Supper. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in, what's it say? Remembrance of me. And then in the same way, he took the cup, and after supper, he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And our response to that as Southern Baptist has been quarterly. So then... Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord as it does in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine who? Himself, herself. In this way, let him or her eat the bread and drink from the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body, eats and drinks judgment upon himself or herself. This is why many are sick and ill among you and have fallen asleep. Now you need to understand falling asleep doesn't mean they're sick. That was mentioned earlier. That means they died. And many of you have died. If we were properly judging ourselves, we would not be judged But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned with the world. Lord, this morning I pray what broke your heart, what bruised your body, what tore your body, what drained your blood would become the passion, the focus, and the purpose of our lives. Lord, I thank You for the privilege of a partnership for such a time as this, as we have much to do. And it all begins when Your church aligns with lifting Your name up so that You draw them unto Yourself. And Lord, I pray You give us creative ideas, new opportunities, New opportunities corporately and individually. Lord, the challenges ahead of us that must be overcome will not be easy and it will require vision, passion, and unity. And so Lord, I pray you protect the unity, the prosperity of this church over any of our individual values or opinions. It's time the church change. It's time we fall back in love with our Jesus and we remember what he died for. It is in the name, that sovereign name of our Redeemer, our champion, our deliverer, Jesus Christ. Amen. You be seated from. So I want to start um, by kind of going backwards a little bit, going ahead to 27, and then for the Lord's Supper, of course, we'll go ahead to 23. And so it says in 27, so then, 
considering that you know how to do the Lord's Supper, you know the processes of the Lord's Supper, you know the procedure of the Lord's Supper. And let me get back to, uh, I meant to explain this. Historically, Southern Baptists have been what we call close communion, which again, wasn't even theologically accurate. But what that means is if you're not a church member, if you're not a member of this church, when we participate in the Lord's Supper today, then you can't do that. Well, I'm glad Southern Baptist churches have begun to kind of open up and listen to God's Word because it is not the Southern Baptist Lord's Supper. Does it say in there anywhere that it belongs to us? No, it's His. And so this morning, if you're here here, and you're a believer, and I would encourage you to give heed to the words you're about to hear, the Lord died for you. It doesn't matter your denomination, it doesn't matter your ethnicity, it doesn't matter your history, it doesn't matter your mistakes, He died for you. And it is not any man's place to step between any human being in a salvific, healthy, profitable, prosperous relationship with Jesus Christ. So you say, well Eric, I've messed up lately. I don't know if I'm prepared. I don't let's let's listen. So then whoever, it doesn't matter who you think you are, whoever participates in this thing, whoever drinks from the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. So let's process that for just a moment. We talked back at Easter about how the body of Jesus Christ was not just bruised for your iniquities. It was physically destroyed to the point of Him having to carry what was inside with one arm while holding the cross. It was as cruel and brutal as any death has ever been in all of history. And listen, it had to be because it was God's wrath against sin placed on His Son, Jesus Christ. So there has never been more wrath displayed in the death of any man than in the death of Jesus Christ. So when it says, when you're getting ready to do this, and you're wondering, hey man, wondering what I'm doing the rest of the day, He said, you better examine yourself because this, this right here, not this bread, not this juice, But what it represents is what it's all about. So this morning is not just, oh, we're going to have the Lord's Supper. Great, good. No, we're going to have the Lord's Supper. So it's a time of complete examination. Of complete repentance. Complete reconciliation to the relationship you know you're supposed to have with the Lord. Because Dad's watching. And he poured his wrath on his son. And you're going to have the audacity to be indifferent. Now, just please process. God knows what he poured out on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. Jesus knows what he endured for you. And so again, every quarter... We do this thing where we have the Lord's Supper.
we come and we participate, and it says, he's telling the church in Corinth, there's a lot of you sick. There's a lot of you having unnecessary pain in your life. There's some of you that's been so indifferent toward the death of my son, I just took you out. You see, we've lost the fear of God. We ain't got no fear of him. Now you say, well, I think that fear, when I picture fear, I picture a heart. And it's, it's a heart fear that God loves me so much, but he would never hurt me. God is love. God is love, but God is just. And he is the judge. And if God's judgment and the reality, the reality of his existence doesn't bring some conviction and some fear of all of us living in the midst and the presence of sin, something's wrong way down deep. Do you understand that? And so we can come and mock the Lord. Me and Jeanette had a deal. We got married. And one of them was about communication. Don't say shut up to each other. I don't think there's anything more disrespectful you can tell someone other than shut up. Shut up, you're not worth my time. You know what? When a dog's barking, you know what I say? Shut up. But I shouldn't say that to my wife. And another thing is rolling eyes. There's been times in my life I've said some dumb things. But I ask her to never roll her eyes at me. And that I not roll her eyes at her. Especially in front of people. Because it's mocking. And there's nothing more disloyal than mocking. And so I may say some of the dumbest things you'll ever hear. And I hope she's just sitting over there doing this right here. (laughs) But friend, we come in and we absorb and we think about how much we're supposed to love and the commitment, the promise we made. But then the way we approach the Lord's Supper is mocking. It, It is insulting. It is insulting to the capacity of the giver that it demands punishment. So let's get to our examination as our time is dwindling. Number one, examine your approach. Here in a second, just like you've always done, now we, we will probably never do the Lord's Supper like this again. I don't think it should be something that's brought to you and served to you. I think it should be something you come on your knees at the altar of the Almighty in experience. So we're going to do it this way today. But I promise you it'll never be done this way again. And that's not any bylaws, so I don't have to vote on it. (laughs) But we're going to come as families, as husbands and wives, and we're going to pray at the altar and do it at the speed of repentance rather than the speed of an organized service.
You see, we've made Christianity so comfortable, so confined, so contemporary. Guys, I I just think he had more in mind when he encouraged us to do this than what he sees when we do it. So number one, examine your approach. It's there in a few moments. We're going to have the deacons, ushers come forward and they're going to bring it to you. And these guys, they're normal men. They're going to hand you it. And here's what I'm going to ask in the process and we'll have a moment or two before. First, if you're not a believer, this is not for you. Okay? Now I need you to understand that body was broke and that blood was shed. All of the blood was shed for the remission of your sin. You know, last Sunday, um, y'all read on Facebook and Brother Tommy mentioned about Mr. Leroy. Last Sunday was one of the most special days I've had as a pastor. Um, Leroy, if you're watching, we love you. Um, praying for you. You're a man. Um, he's been pretty sick. He ain't complained. And he asked me to swing by over there and he should not have been at home. And I walked in and he said, Preacher! I said, yes, sir. And he's coughing. I was like, you ready, ain't you? He said, yes, sir. He grabbed my hand, and there was no doubt that man knew what he needed to do. Now, if you're here this morning and you know what you need to do, what in the world are you waiting on? I mean, if you know and you believe God gave that life for you, in that he loves you. And friend, you know. You know he has a better life for you. Because we should have still been in the Garden of Eden. You know that. I'm going to encourage you this morning. Deal with that. Examine your approach. How you're approaching. Number two, examine your actions. We've got all, all have actions that we need to seek. Not just forgiveness for but we need to repent from. You see, forgiveness is just like we do every, every probably morning, every breakfast, every lunch, every dinner, every night. Lord, we ask that you forgive our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. Forgiveness is when you say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I did today. But often there's intentions of repetition. Repentance, and then I'm saying, don't come to the table with just forgiveness. He didn't die, so you could merely ask for forgiveness when you make a mistake. He died so that you'd have power and victory over the presence of sin in your life, and that's repentance. And so, friend, don't just say, I'm sorry for what I did. But Lord, I'm sorry for what I did. And by the power of your blood, I'm not going to do it anymore. So examine yourself. Examine your actions. Examine your approach. 
Examine your actions. Number three, your thoughts. Woo-wee. I don't know what's going to be shouted from the rooftops in heaven. But I sure hope it ain't my thoughts. You know how many people I've whooped in my thoughts? You know how angry I've been in my head? And I can assure you I've never thought one bad word. So friend, when I come to the table, it's just not the things that people may have seen. It's just not my understanding of what the Lord's Supper is and my past indifference toward it. But it's also, you know who you are. Me and Jeanette were laying in bed the other night talking and we... We try to get the bed, the kids to sleep by 5.30 or 6 so that we have, we have some time together in the evenings. And um, We're about to do a series on marriage, so everybody get ready for that. Doesn't matter how long you've been married. I'm sure there's something you'll pick up from it. But I was just telling her, do you know, you know me better than any other human being on the face of the planet. Now there's great comfort in that because I'm still loved. There's still things she doesn't know. And he does. And so, have you ever watched a court hearing and how that little gal or guy just types every word so fast? I'm pretty convinced that if I'm going to give an account for every deed done in the flesh, every deed starts with a thought. So, I'm just, I can't find this in Scripture. But we're going to give an account, friend. He didn't die so that you could just live in sin that grace may abound. Paul says, certainly not. But if I walk in and there's that screen, Eric's thoughts, boy, and they just start going. Do you know what kind of panic I'm going to be in? Because, friend... We can learn to control our actions, but we normally ignore thoughts. And so when you come, you come to the table, you don't just bring what you've done. You bring who you are. And that's your thoughts. That's your motives. That's the impurity of your intentions. And then last... I'd encourage you to examine your words. If your words to folks are not encouraging, inspirational, loving, kind, respectful, gracious, patient, they are a waste of air and they are a pain in someone's life. Do you understand that? Do you know how you set the tone? Have anyone ever said to you, I'm not saying you need to lose weight, but I've lost 20 pounds lately on this vitamin. Have anyone ever said that to you? And you felt thin while they were explaining that? Right? Um, no, it's never happened. Or someone walks up and then they say, 
Are you tired? You just, you just look exhausted. Now, I don't know how that's supposed to help me. Oh, I'm tired. I'm tired. Can I go nap? I mean, that's not going to happen. But friend, when you come to the Lord's table, you need to know words. Words are the most powerful tool you have. And, and, and I know yeah, you've heard this before in vacation Bible school and grade school and in, at big school and, and, and everywhere else. But when you come here, you better deal with those things. You said something hateful to your husband and wife. You better deal with those things. I'm telling you, God doesn't. Do you realize a husband and wife, God doesn't hear your prayer if there's animosity or dissension between you? You realize that? So if you just had it out with your husband, your husband and wife, and you won't go and ask forgiveness and restore that, don't worry about praying. Don't don't even don't even waste your time. Friend, words, words, words. For God so loved the That's some good words, isn't it? Now. So we're preparing here for the Lord's Supper. So I hope this morning you've maybe considered your approach, that this is not a routine thing. It's not like going to the dentist or the doctor where you just go and kind of do a spiritual checkup. No, this, this is something I'm not convinced does not need to be available for God's people at all times. Because any time the Lord, He says, as often as you do it, which if the Holy Spirit guide, if the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts, then the Holy Spirit should set the schedule. Now it is a corporate event, but it doesn't mean it can't be an individual event too. I had a lady in a nursing home call me. She said, hey, could, could you bring me the Lord's Supper? Well, a few of the deacons found out. This is years ago. And they told me that wasn't scriptural. And it was against the ordinance of the church. And it didn't happen here, thank you. I'm going to take the Lord's Supper wherever I got to, whenever I got to, so someone can repent and get their life right with the Lord. It's not ours. Now we've scheduled it like it was ours. We've approached it like it was ours. We have not examined our actions as if he does not judge. You go on. You're not judging yourself or he wouldn't have to. So, I'm going to ask, friend, if you would bow your head and close your eyes right now. And I want just a few moments, just absolute silence in the room. I want you to think about when you heard we were having the Lord's Supper today, how did you feel? What did you think?
past week? What actions? Past two weeks, actions. Past three weeks, actions. Your thoughts. Your words. We didn't even get into quiet time. His word. Our passion for righteousness. Friend, this is not. This is not a birthday party. This is a time of absolute repentance. We celebrate, yes, his resurrection. But in this, we remember the cost of our forgiveness. And I'm just going to ask you to pray and seek forgiveness, repent from those things. Because if we go any farther with this, I do not want you to be sick because I didn't warn you. So also, I need to visit Leroy and let him participate in his first Lord's Supper as a believer. And so if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to say a prayer. And you don't have to pray out loud. You just pray it with me, friend. Please. Dear Lord Jesus, you just say that silently where you're at. Dear Lord, I believe in you. I need you. Please forgive me. I trust you with my mistakes. I don't want to be ashamed anymore. I trust you with today. I trust you with my hopes and dreams. I give you my life. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed, friend. You're still supposed to be dealing with the Lord. But if you prayed that prayer with me this morning, first time, and you meant that, I'm I'm not going to ask you to get up. I'm not going to ask you to do anything other than just slip up your hand real quick so I can see it. I won't call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. Okay. Upon the testimony that all of you are believers. And so now, gentlemen, I'll ask you to come forward and prepare for the Lord's Supper. The preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.